and welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Lauren O'Neill. And I'm Nico Bakulich. And let's get biblical. I just spilled some cider down the front of my dress. I'm wearing a dress because it's my 30th birthday today. And we went out to a nice dinner and I was going to change into my gym jams, but then Nico said that it would be classy as fuck if I kept wearing my nice dress while we recorded, but now I just spilled cider down it. And you are looking at me like I should respond to that. (laughs) I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I sang in the worship group. I taught Sunday school, and I am now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not for children because we cuss a bunch and discuss Sexual themes such as misogyny and sex phobia mm-hmm. that children shouldn't be exposed to because children should have a healthy attitude towards sex and understand that it's normal and natural. I can't argue with that at all. Again, you're looking at me like I'm supposed to challenge you <laughs> on that. I'm not looking at you like that. I'm looking at you like I'm sick of the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I usually read the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And what did you read this week? That. Oh, well, I usually read the New International Version of the Bible. And what did you read this week? That. Excellent. Great. So, what book, parenthesis, S, parenthesis, are we reading this week? We are reading uh, First and Second Timothy. First and Second Timothy. Can I say that these are not famous books of the Bible? Uh, you can. Do you want to back that up with some fucking proof? Well, I'll say their proof? Wikipedia page is short as fuck. <laughs> i also say that I never heard of them before oh. as a non-Christian mm. and non-Bible enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And there are many non-Christian yeah. Bible enthusiasts. That's true, like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. Is it weird that, like, you're a Bible enthusiast now? Yeah, I, I, I'm still <laughs> coming to terms with that. It's like not something you expected from your life, was no. it? I mean, it's 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 something I'm going to have to deal with. Yeah. On my own terms. Yeah. First and second, Timothy, do you want me to give you some fast damn facts about these fucking books? FDM, I'm do sorry. it to me. I'm like swearing a bunch because I'm sick of this. I'm sick of some stuff. I understand that. But I, let's I'm 30 just years to... old now and it's like I'm done. I can't. I don't have time. That was the breaking point. To spare on this bullshit sometimes, you know. That's fair. You know, I mean. Nobody should have to live with this stuff forever, and you've made it to thirty, and uh, <laughs> there's a there's a way to end that sentence, mm-hmm. and the way is to ask you to give me some fast facts. Great. So these First and Second Timothy, these are the pastoral epistles or pastoral letters. So we just went through all the the so called Pauline epistles, mm-hmm. uh, which were letters that Paul wrote to various churches to tell them what to do. And uh, as we covered in in many episodes, many mm-hmm. forgettable episodes, <laughs> um, Paul, <laughs> they're all classics. Trust me. Paul will often mention a kind of traveling buddy or colleague or assistant type guy. Uh, he'll say, you know, hey, this is a letter from me and Silas, or from me and Timothy, mm-hmm. or um, I can't make it to your church, so I'm going to send this other guy over. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
the pastoral epistles are letters that Paul wrote to those buddies to tell them. When they're out in the field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To tell them what to do and, and how to be good pastors to these churches that they founded, hence pastoral. Very strange that that crosses over with letters that you would send to the countryside or something like that. Well, so, you know. The, is there is there some, is, do we have to go to the etymology corner to well, find out the relationship? I mean, it's, it's just I that. I wouldn't mind. I'm just asking. Pastors, like pastor literally means like shepherd. Mm -hmm. And so, like, because Jesus used a bunch of sheep metaphors, mm -hmm. uh, the word pastor as in shepherd became a word for like a leader in the church community. Hmm. So it's like pastoral. If you look at it one way, it just means out in the countryside where shepherds are. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it the other way, it's like where pastors, where church pastors are. Interesting. Leading their sheeps. See, that is actually interesting. You think? Yeah, I, I think so. Great. I mean, I think all etymology is interesting. Yeah, usually I tune out hard for fast facts, <laughs> but that was good. Uh, thanks for the vote of confidence. So, uh, the problem is, there's a problem. <laughs> That's usually the problem, in my experience. Probably none of the pastoral letters that we have in the Bible were actually written by Paul. And that's a problem because... Uh, everything is a lie and the world is bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Timothy was a real a real person. Um, you may remember him being mentioned as a co-author or colleague in several of the Pauline epistles. Yeah, he was a scribe in some, and in others he was like a, a church buddy that Paul was going to send to like yeah. enforce um, church stuff. We were first introduced to him in the book of Acts when Paul and Barnabas met him in Lystra. Mm. He was the one who had a Greek father and a Jewish mother, and Paul was like, nobody needs to get circumcised except this guy. <laughs> And they made him get circumcised as an adult, which seems pretty harsh given Paul's attitude toward circumcision for every single other person except Timothy. Right. But that was a strong bonding experience for Paul and Timothy, we can only assume. Um, and then after that, for some reason, Timothy was like, yeah, I'm in with this guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he traveled around with him, helped him found churches, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then he eventually became the Bishop of Ephesus in what is now modern-day Turkey. And uh, you may remember, of course, Paul wrote an epistle to the church in Ephesus. That's Ephesians. Uh, except that that probably wasn't Paul. So this podcast is is built on a foundation of lies. Mm. And and everyone should turn it off and and flee before we drag you farther into the, you know what? I'd the say pit of deception. In uh, contrast to your view, uh -huh. I'd say it's built on... The strength of our relationship. Mm, okay. Which is as strong as Iron Beam or... Such as... Turtle Shell. Oh. Mm -hmm. Strong boy. That's right. Moving on to first... Timothy. We're going to do, do both Timothys. There's a first and second Timothy. We're going to do them both. No one will get angry about us doing the Timothys No, together. like nobody will. No. Uh... Chapter 1 of 1 Timothy starts out, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith. That's right, my small scripture son, 
has become a big Bible boy. That's right. He's congratulating young Timothy. He say, you grow up big in the book. And you're never too old to get some advice from your dad. <laughs> your Bible dad. Who's your, who's your Bible dad? My Bible dad? Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad probably. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the one who forced the Bible on me as a child. You're my Bible dad. I'm your Bible dad? Oh, my strong scripture son. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so... Uh, Paul, quote unquote, because this probably isn't written by Paul, Mm -hmm. says that he's in Macedonia, but Timothy should, quote, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, (laughs) which is by faith. It's funny. It's funny that he complains about genealogies and controversial speculations because later he also highlights the fact that Jesus was a son of David. Yes. Uh, Yes. Which is the only the Old Testament was obsessed with genealogies. Yes. So when I hear people getting obsessed with genealogies, I assume they're favoring the Old Testament over the new or trying to do some sort of integration of the Old Testament prophecy into the New Testament stuff, which Paul is opposed to. Generally, well, no, not really. Yes and no. I mean, he he like works hard to make it work when it when it works and, for him. And two of the gospels do include a genealogy to mm-hmm. connect Jesus to David mm. through Joseph, who isn't his biological father. Right, but so who? So why is he complaining about unnecessary genealogies? Like, who could be getting worked up about that? I don't know. But he says the goal of this command is love, <laughs> which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. That's us. So basically, Paul is saying, <laughs> keep Ephesus from being the Internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like you heard you heard in Ephesus, some people got a podcast. They start talking about the Bible. <laughs> they act like they know shit. Mm-hmm. Like one of them isn't even Christian. Hey, neither of them are Christian. Hey. Hey, what's up? Don't talk about my Bible dad like that. Hey, me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, baby, you're so sweet. Uh, then he jumps, to, like these paragraphs don't follow any logical progression. This no. is like not a letter. Uh, he jumps to, we know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels. Which is a kind of an interesting way to interpret what Jesus said and did. Which, as he said, Christianity is, isn't for rich people. Yeah. It's for the most like, neglected said, of society. He said, I didn't come for the righteous. I right. came for the sinners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, he didn't say, like, the like Jewish law is for those people. I don't, I don't know what, what this person, whoever there, wrote this, I don't know what they mean by the law. I don't know if they mean old Jewish law. I don't know if they mean Jesus's. They can't mean old Jewish law. But, but then why do they care about genealogy? But that's what's confusing about it is because they don't make any sense. Everything's confusing about it. Mm. Um, mm. Then jumps to like, uh, Jesus forgave me, Paul, even though I was the worst sinner because I was persecuting Christians. But Leaning like, heavy on the Paul story. I, he Does Paul himself lean heavy on this story sometimes? I mean, yes. It's he a d- good story. He does do that thing like. Mm-hmm. I was I I've was been there. really bad. Yeah. I was persecuting Christians, but like I feel like when in in non pseudo epigraphal or 
epigraphal texts. <laughs> epigraphal, yes. Mm-hmm. Paul doesn't lean as hard on the fact that like he was a bad boy. This does seem to put a lot of extra emphasis on it mm-hmm. in a way that I'm like, well, he wasn't the worst. Like this first Timothy uses the phrase like I was the worst sinner. Right. Like three times. Yeah. And it's like, well. And he talks about he committed physical violence against Christians. The Old Testament, we had people eating their own children. So like. Yeah. Are you really the worst sinner? But those weren't like favored people, to be fair. I mean, yeah. But But like, even the favored people like lied and stole and. Whatever. They, you know, they did what they had to to like preserve their people. And then this is actually. This is actually pretty like similar to to Paul that he starts like naming people. <laughs> he starts like gossiping about specific people. Uh, in this case. Hymenius and Alexander. Uh, we'll hear all about them. As much as you can hear about people in like a book that's maybe like three or four pages long, <laughs> you can hear a bunch about these people. Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, I don't think Satan is going to be the best guy for this job. If you want to teach somebody not to blaspheme, I would probably choose like any other person in the entire universe that isn't satan but that's just me i i think that's i think that's that's like kooky translation because i think (laughs) i think he's saying (laughs) you know what he's saying i know what he's saying i'm just being funny for our humorous podcast oh shit this is a humor podcast yeah get it together baby oh my god now i'm worried that i'm not humoring enough (laughs) well i just spilled cider down the front of my dress. Mm-hmm. And that's funny. You and know what's funny? Bitches be tripping. Bitches be tripping. <laughs> it's very unpleasant, actually. It's, mm-hmm. it's become quite sticky. Chapter two. I was kind of digging chapter one. I was uh-huh. kind of like, yeah, the church shouldn't be the internet. The internet sucks. Yeah. But then we got to chapter two. Yeah. And then... Everything introducing the concept of the widow test. Well, okay. First of all, uh, direct quote from the text: "I want the women to dress modestly with mm-hmm. decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship a God. Uh, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman." To teach or to assume authority over a man, she must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But but women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. How do you feel about that? I feel just tired. Just tired and angry? I just feel so tired. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is one of the reasons that people think that this probably wasn't written by the actual Paul. Um, because, you know, we saw we've seen Paul talk about different women in the church who like mm-hmm. stood by him or whatever. Yeah, he stays with them. That's and a, he always stays with women in the church. He's also said, like, in Christ, there's neither man nor woman, Greek nor Jew, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the theory is that whoever wrote the epistles to timothy under paul's name might be the same person 
or part of the same group that inserted all that nasty shit into those other into first Corinthians, which specifically says like women should be silent in church, creating one of the worst hypocrisies in in the New Testament so far. Yes. Where it has a book where it's like women should never speak in church. Yes. And then also describes how women should lead prayer in church. Mm -hmm. Also, this is a book that decries hypocrisy as, you know. The worst act of the devil. Yes. And and that's like decrying hypocrisy is fair because that's something that Jesus definitely did a mm-hmm. lot of according to the Gospels. Um, And those four managed to sync up on that. So. Well. Mostly. I think so. Yeah. John is weird. <laughs> yeah. John is weird. He might not talk about hypocrisy in John. But who cares? Yeah. Uh, then he goes into the qualifications for overseers and deacons uh mm-hmm. overseers is presbyters in in greek i was raised presbyterian it's church elders um so basically people who those are have, bishops right um maybe it's just you know it's like setting up a church hierarchy sure. um and this is another reason that it probably isn't paul because the church hierarchy probably wasn't this developed within within paul's lifetime that that makes sense um, but the qualifications are basically, if you're going to be like an elder or a deacon, you can't be a drunk. Uh, you have to be faithful to your wife. Can't love money. Um, can't be a recent convert. Okay. I don't know like what that is. It seems a little rich coming from Paul. <laughs> um, Paul got to skip some steps <laughs> because of direct God intervention. And, you know, it's like just generally be like a kind, gentle person mm-hmm. is are the requirements. Um, also, their wives have to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. This is gross. Yeah. So, I mean, we know how wives should be from the last chapter. So that's cool for for a man to be a deacon or an elder or whatever, his wife has to be <laughs> obedient. Uh, baby, I'm I'm sorry, but you're never going to be a deacon. <laughs> you know, I was I've been studying for my deacon exam for quite I know. some time. I know. And what flashed through my mind here is people reading this and being like, "I want to be a deacon," and like with the best of intentions, being like, "I want to be like a." like a member of my church community like it's important to me to like be a good guy mm-hmm. in the church mm-hmm. and then being like okay well what does a good church guy have and then or what does a church good church guy do the good church guy does a lot of good stuff you know yeah. he's like generous and kind and yeah and it like knows Keeps about a, a short leash on his wife knows about the bible but <laughs> the other thing that a good church guy does is like has like a weird submissive wife and i'm like that's stupid all of those other things are good things that the person should be, especially if, if like you wanted to pick a good person to like tell you about religion <laughs> and teach you about faith. Mm-hmm. I assume. I don't know. I mean, whatever. But why you got to have a weird submissive wife? Weird That's gross. Um, chapter four says the spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And those teachings by demons include not marrying and not eating certain foods. That's a Gnosticism watch right there. Right. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if it was a direct response to all these. Anti-Gnostic stuff. Apocryphal books that that are like, 
Have you heard the good news? You don't have to have sex with your husband anymore. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because those books didn't like have an explicit anti-marriage problem. They just had an anti-sex problem. Yeah. In yeah. fact, in the in in the was, the anti-marriage problem was implicit, not explicit. Yeah. That's right. In in Saint Thomas or in the Acts of Thomas. Yeah. He visited those people on their wedding night, and it's yeah. not like they got it's not like they got divorced the next day. Right? They were just both like, "Yeah, we're never gonna have sex." This awesome. is so much better than fucking. And their parents were like, "This is bad." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What did we do? No, you gotta fuck. Now we get to chapter five, and this is the widow test. This is unprecedented. <laughs> this is like nothing else in the Bible. Yeah, it's so, super gross too. Throughout the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. For like, I mean, the entire Bible was written over like a thousand or more years. The over entire, a thousand. The entire Bible? Yeah. The entire Bible? Yeah. Entire Bible? The entire Bible bobble. Mm-hmm. And by a lot of different people. Yeah. Edited by even more different people. Yeah. And throughout the entire thing, there have been, like the only consistent thing has been like there are three protected classes of people. Mm-hmm. Which are the widows, the orphans, and the poor. Right. And so you have to take care of those three classes of people. Like, everyone agreed on that, no matter who they were, no matter what time they were living. Some people added foreigners to that list. Mm -hmm. Some people didn't. But always widows, orphans, and the poor. So this chapter starts off, you know, just regular Bible style, take care of widows. Mm Mm-hmm. That's great. That's what God wants, um, especially if it's, you know, your your own grandma or your own great aunt or whatever, your own relative. That's your God-given duty to take care of her. But now, for the first time in over a thousand years, we're putting some conditions on that. Mm-hmm. We're means-testing widows now. So. Honor widows who are really widows. <laughs> no widow may be put on the list of wid- the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the Lord's people, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. Refuse to put younger widows on the list. For when their sensual desires alienate them from Christ, they want to marry. And so they incur condemnation for having violated their first pledge. So this is weird because he says then, he says like, younger widows should just get remarried. Yes. Well, no, in in my text, and I want to be clear about this. Uh So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, and manage their households so as to give the adversary no occasion to revile us. Yes. This is... (laughs) <laughs> completely abandoning the idea that this is what Christ wants. Right. <laughs> this is somebody posting on Reddit this and is saying like... what I would do, what would be better for women in general, is if young widows just remarried. Because they're going to get horny. Mm-hmm. And Based I... on my research, that's young up. widows are going to get horny. And that's fucked up. I don't like that. So they should just get married and have children and not be on the widow list. That's right. Accepting handouts um, from the Christian community and when, is, they, when they're so horny. This is a direct quote. The word besides is in the text. It says, besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. Some have, in fact, 
already turned away to follow Satan. <laughs> just He's seen it. He's this this guy knows. Just like I just I'm struggling to come up with words. It's just like, you know, widows. They're so gossipy. <laughs> and like young widows that are like out on the town. They're like horny gossips. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't even. Oh, so you've lost a husband so that you can embrace Satan you with can no em- consequences. Follow Satan. <laughs> yeah, this is fucked up. This is really bad. Then, conversely, mm-hmm. quote, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work, whose work is teaching and preaching. Do not entertain an accusation against an elder. Unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. What a great system. Mm-hmm. Women aren't allowed to talk. Uh, widows are regarded as freeloaders. But elders uh, require an extraordinary burden of proof to be accused of anything. There's no way this system could possibly be abused. There's no, no way any it just, elder... It just works better when the elders... Could possibly coerce a woman into silence by saying well nobody will believe you because they need three uh witnesses to testify against me and you're a evil temptress so it's your fault anyway do you like movies because all of your favorite movies were made by elders (laughs) (laughs) like harvey weinstein Mm -hmm. (sighs) i'm not saying that to try to score points against you really just this same shit was around 2,000 years ago. I know. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's the same shit. It's like, oh, this is a great system. This is what God wants. God mm-hmm. wants a system that's just rife with, with abuse. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. And where women can be exploited. It's that it's pathetic that it's pinned to Christianity here. I know. And it's just like... It's just like... You should look at your elders more carefully than anyone. Exactly. Because you've given them power. Exactly. That's the moment that you should investigate them more carefully than anyone. Um... This pseudo-Paul also tells uh, Timothy, stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. How did he know about my frequent ailments? Well, so Timothy is now the patron saint of digestive illnesses. Good. Yes. Good. Because of this. I hope he enjoys that. Crawling through everybody's (laughs) fucked up guts forever. I find this weird because this seems very specific. Like it seems like addressed to a real person. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wonder if if this isn't Paul writing, did the author like know this about Timothy? Did they know like some legends or whatever, some rumors about his fucked up intestines? His bad guts. Yeah. yeah. Or did they did they like write a letter to someone real and they just replaced the names with Paul and Timothy? Or are they doing some weird role-playing thing like i I don't know it just seemed seemed oddly specific oddly specific in a good way in contrast to most of this um oddly specific in a value neutral way i I like i like the idea that people are writing each other letters and being like i hope your fucked up guts are good (laughs) like i hope you're okay yeah but like is it really worth it if that's like hey here's a system where uh, elders can abuse women and rape them and molest them in any way they want. I mean, do you... Hope your guts are better. What kind of question is that? Hope your IBS is better. Mm-hmm. Have well, you tried dicyclamine? It's only FDA approved for women. <laughs> it's true. 
Um, chapter six, again, slavery is fine. <laughs> yes, as long as everybody's Christian. Even though slave traders were listed in chapter one among the ungodly and sinful, it was mm-hmm. like people who kill their own parents. No, but it's like those are the tra- homosexuals <laughs> and slave traders. I forgot that he this is this has to be one of the only books in the Bible that specifically denounces homosexuals, right? Yeah, it's one of like three or four. Two or three? Yeah, and they're all in the New Testament and they're all by Paul or supposedly by Paul. Isn't there some weirdness in Deuteronomy as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is Deuteronomy. Yeah. Or like Leviticus or something. Yeah. One of those books where people are like, yeah, it's even a- religious people are like, don't worry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, well, okay. This also says not to eat shellfish. Yeah. Or, or, we don't do any of this stuff. Or wear clothes that are made of more than two fabrics. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but whatever. Slavery is cool now. Um, interestingly, chapter six still warns against the love of money. Here's the quote that I wrote down. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So I think it's interesting that it reiterates that, um, like, while endorsing slavery, which is about getting rich by someone else's labor, and while casting widows as freeloaders, which is also like an economic issue, Mm -hmm. but it also is like, still... Don't try to get rich. That's fucked up. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing that I think is like really consistent throughout the Bible. It's like widows, orphans, and the poor. Mm -hmm. And I think the vast majority of the Bible also condemns rich people or wanting to be rich or. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked a little bit about this off mic. I'd say portions of the Old Testament. Yeah. Some of the very early stuff kind of kind of lauds by uh, implication the the amount of sheep that like Abraham or Joseph owned. Right. That was part of their blessing from yeah. God was like being the best shepherds and getting gigantic flocks and yeah. stuff. Or like being super rich in Egypt like Joseph was. Yeah. But uh But they didn't set out with that goal. Like they weren't and that's explicitly also, greedy. Like, they were just like better at it than everybody else. Two books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then like But those are the patriarchs of, of Judaism. Yeah, yeah. But those are like the very earliest books mm-hmm. and, and it develops after that. So I don't know. I just think that's interesting. I think it's interesting that like. Not like, like I'm saying, not like I'm saying, no, no, I'm no. personally saying, yes, it's, it's better to I know. favor profit over <laughs> every human I know. concern. I, and, and, and regardless of whether it's a, a consistent theme in the Bible or not, which like. It mostly is, let's say there's some exceptions. It's still interesting that like in this book, in the same chapter mm-hmm. of one book, which which is short, you know, it's like one verse that's like, hey, slavery is OK. Right. And then the next verse is like, but being rich is bad. Right. Or I, it says at the beginning, being a slave trader is bad, but owning slaves is fine. Yeah. Which is that is uh, that exposes somebody's privilege. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That's somebody that owns slaves that didn't have to worry about how to get slaves right yeah like it's fine if you own slaves just don't just make sure they're christian yeah and and don't like buy any more or whatever (laughs) or if you do it's okay but just remember that the person that you're buying them from should be christian (laughs) or whatever whatever yeah 
hoops you have to construct in order to jump through to make this okay. Um, then there's this, uh, the, the, the final charge to Timothy, some sort of parting instructions. Um, I am, I am too tired and fed up, uh, with everything to even remember what they said. Let's take a quick break and then we'll move on to second Timothy. Great. See you in a second. Bye. Okay. Bye. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. My name is Nico. And I'm Lauren. And we're talking about First and Second Timothy now. We just finished First Timothy. We're going to move on to Second Timothy. It's my 30th birthday. Still. Well, Still. Yeah, no matter what minutes, happens, yeah. I'm never going to be in my 20s again. Who cares? I care. <laughs> I'm freaking out, baby. That's fair. And you, I mean, like, it's perfectly all right for you to freak out. You have earned the right to freak out. I have? Mm-hmm. Well, I wear sunscreen every day. Mm-hmm. So I don't look 30. Mm-hmm. I look 28. <laughs> Ugh, whatever. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. <laughs> what do you think about Second Timothy? Baby? I think it's pretty much the same as First Timothy. You know. Like in almost every way. If any of the pastoral letters are authentic to Paul mm-hmm. in Second Timothy. Why is that? According to what I've read. Okay. Um, we'll get into it as we go. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I still don't really know. Uh-huh. I mean, whatever. I don't know anything. I'm 30 and I don't know anything. I haven't learned anything. Okay, just step back from that ledge, my friend. Okay. That's a great song, I could stop time and walk the line that you've been living in. Mm-hmm. Is that really the lyric? Uh, something like that. I didn't like that. Oh. Yeah, it's a bad song. I mean, the bridge is really good, though. What's the bridge? It's... I understand. Yeah, it's got that nice room reverb on it. It's a nice bridge. It's a nice bridge. That's it. The lyrics are bad. Is it by Third Eye Blind? It is. All the lyrics are bad. It's a San Francisco classic, baby. I know. It's San Francisco classic, and they're all bad. Whatever. Hmm. Second Timothy. We have to talk about this. I think it's either written by. It's got to be written by the same person as First Timothy, right? Or they're copying them. Uh, yeah, it's either a close copy or the same person. That's my vote. The same thing. It's like. This is from Paul to my large son Timothy. <laughs> um, it says, "I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice." And I am persuaded now lives in you also. So either he's talking about the canonical Timothy's 
Jewish mother and grandmother. Mm-hmm. Or the real recipient of the letter who's being called Timothy has a Christian mother and grandmother and is like a third generation Christian and he's not Timothy and it's just some weird role playing thing that I don't get. You know what? Um, I say let the chips fall where they <laughs> Okay. Um, Christianity rules <laughs> and uh, Jesus died for our sins and I, Paul, mm-hmm. have been appointed to teach everyone about it even though, quote, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has abandoned me. Yep. Including Figilus and Hermogenes. But, he says, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. Now, if you remember <laughs> the apocryphal book of the Acts of Paul and Thecla uh-huh. that we did an episode on, Onesiphorus was the name of the guy who hosted Paul at his house and then had to hang out in a mausoleum for several days. And the two guys who arrived with Paul and then immediately betrayed him were Demas and Hermogenes, not Figulus and Hermogenes, but one assumes uh, there was some cross-reference there. Yeah, that uh, Paul had some adventures in Asia with some less than stellar companions, yeah. let's say. I mean, remember those years? They were such assholes in that book. Though. They were super assholes. And they, that's like saying a lot because Paul was a giant asshole in Paul that Paul was book. a super jerk, but they undermined him at every turn. Yeah. And they, and they talked and like bitched and moaned like whiny teens. And the first thing they did was like Onesiphorus was like, hey guys, welcome to my house. And they were like, what, you're just welcoming Paul? We're Christians too. And he's like, well, I didn't know who you were, but we're you're We're going welcome. drinking. <laughs> and they were like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Great guys, um, though. Great guys. Chapter two, I don't know, some bullshit. What you, did you take some fucking notes on chapter two? Um, I, I didn't take strong notes on chapter two, but on chapter three, I got some, well, I got some notes okay, for you. Okay, so chapter two has avoid godless chatter. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very similar to First Timothy. <laughs> because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Mm. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus. Yeah, there's basically just, it, this is just like a call out. Yeah. It's a call out post. Well, so that's why I think that if anything is by Paul, it's this. No. I mean, like, Paul did love to call people out, but he did it in, in like this weird underhand way where it was like mixed into the message. This is not mixed into the message. I think well it's mixed in. Yeah. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. <laughs> You're right, they do. I know that. Foolish and stupid arguments? Yeah, I mean, that's not like genius philosophy. All right, hit me with chapter three. What do you got? So, the writer says, you must understand this, Mm -hmm. that in the last days, Mm -hmm. distressing times will come, for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderers, profligates, brutes. Haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Yeah. Avoid them. Yeah. The problem with this. Yeah. Is that it's Donald Trump? No, no, no. The problem with this is that this is every time in human history. Uh, So if you're setting up a thing when you're saying only in the end of days Mm -hmm. will you see these things. Yeah. You will always have people. It's always the end of days. Who think that it's the end of days. Yeah. You can apply to any time. Yes. That's a problem. And I definitely 
Because then people act reckless and crazy, you know? Because they think the world is ending. Yes. I mean, definitely, like, whoever wrote this, whether it was Paul or not, was Mm -hmm. not expecting that 2,000 years later it would be extremely relevant. Like, they weren't expecting that the world would even last 2,000 years later. They thought the end times were coming sooner. Well, I mean, they preach against all of these things Mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah. But then they say, in the end of times, you'll see all of this stuff. Yeah. It's it's strange. I I just think people... All right. All you religious people out there working on your own religions, homebrew religions at home. Homebrew religions. Be careful about your millenarian instincts. Why? They're great. They're effective. Yeah. But they don't lead to moral behavior in their followers. Well, yeah. Fair. I mean, fair. But like, is he wrong about the end of times? I mean, yes. Is he? Because people were acting like that then. That's why he was preaching against it. (laughs) Those were not the end of times. Unless you look at it in a geological sense, in which case, yes, it's the (laughs) end of times. Congratulations. Well, global warming is about to destroy the planet. And well, this is just as true now as it was then. I know. Yeah. So congratulations. I know. What does it mean from a human human perspective? It's kind of cool. I don't know. If there were people that were assholes because they thought it was the end of times and and the consequences of their actions wouldn't matter back then, then then that's immoral to to tell people to do that in the name of religion. Everybody. It's I don't know. I'm like genuinely finding it cool that like people have been acting like that for 2000 years and it applies to every era of history ever you think that's cool i think it's gross it's gross it's definitely gross but it like makes me feel connected to history it makes me feel like we are you know my pet theory about it is always still that people can't separate the end of the world from their own impending death i know and that's i believe that I agree with you. But. But that's an irrational thing. And that's not that's not true. And a religion or a religious text giving people a justification for making that connection, (laughs) I think, is immoral. Yeah, but isn't it kind of cool that like humans are the same (laughs) throughout history? It's awesome that humans have always been like total pieces of shit. And that like. A couple people are trying to be good Mm -hmm. and that if you're trying to be good, you can look 2000 years in the past and see someone trying to be good struggling against the exact same things that you are. (laughs) I mean, yes. Yes, it is cool. It's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, like it's it's just cool to me that like someone 2000 years in the past can describe Donald Trump. mm -hmm. Exactly. That's that's interesting to me. That's cool. But, but, I'm sorry. We've digressed. There's a bunch of bullshit in this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it ends at chapter four, and chapter four includes a, a, a shit ton more of uh, of name dropping. Um, it says, "Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica." That's Demas, of course, was the. It was Demas and Hermogenes mm-hmm. in, in the Acts of Paul and Thecla. Um, Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. 
Dalmatia is where your uh, your forebears are from. That's where my name is from, yeah. Yeah, Bakulich is Dalmatian name. It's a lovely place. The Dalmatian also, coast in, in Croatia. I, I grew strongly up, recommend it if anybody gets the chance. I grew up, uh, my mom bred and showed Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. So we both have a connection to Dalmatia. <laughs> uh, quote, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. Uh, Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. This is why I think. Because if, nobody gossips like Paul. Yeah. Mm. If if anything is really Paul at Second Timothy of the pastoral letters. Um, I mean, that is good gossip. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. Classic. Yes. Passive aggression. Yes. Like Paul. a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I'm sure there's other passive aggressive people in the church <laughs> that could imitate that. Uh, I don't know. That sounded pretty passive aggressive, I will say. <laughs> no, that was my genuine ignorance. I don't know. Mm. I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't know. But according to fucking Wikipedia, if anything is really by Paul at Second Timothy, and I can see why. I can see the arguments for it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have as much of the weird, like, in my opinion, women should shut the fuck up stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is not Paul's style yeah. in general. Or we hope it's not. We think it's not. But I think that pretty much does it for First and Second Timothy. Yeah, I think we got to read this book. We got to rate these books. These books. We're going to rate them as a whole because that's how we do it. Yeah. How would you rate this book, my dear? I'm going to give it two out of ten widows on the widow list nice there's like virtually nothing in here that's good Mm. everything that's in here that is good is elsewhere in the bible and some shit that's in here that's bad is nowhere else in the bible so overall i think it'd be good to just snip it right out just I know Paul's against circumcision, but he wasn't for Timothy. So I'm saying snip it out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm on that same train. I'm going to slam it even harder than you did. Whoa. I'm going to give it one out of 19 Whoa. fornicators, sodomites, and slave traders. <laughs> Amazing. Um, It's bad. It's mm-hmm. real bad. Mm-hmm. Like the only ways it steps out from what's come before it in the text are ways that I think are not morally defensible. Yeah. Um and are bad for people. Mm-hmm. So Especially women. Yes. I mean Well, they're great for women elders. Are more, women oh, women are more than half of people. They're great so. for church elders who want to rape women. Mm-hmm. I would say it benefits them a lot. Yeah. So for those reasons and others, strong avoid on this one. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to say shouldn't be in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We've read so many apocryphal things that are, would be better in the Bible for historical purposes, for philosophical purposes, yeah. for having better stories, yeah. for moral purposes, and not giving justification to people that want to do awful things. Um, don't put this in the Bible. Take it out right now. Just take it out. <laughs> it's simple. Hey, everyone. Just change the canonical Bible Especially right now. if the historical consensus is that Paul probably didn't write it. I mean, yeah, then, that's the consensus by historians, but it's not by like the church 
Church got to get their shit in order and clean up this Bible. <laughs> Sweep out clean the garbage. this Bible. <laughs> Anywho, um, we cleaned up the Bible, but there's something else we have to clean up, which is the mailbag. It's getting dusty. <sighs> got to blow that dust off. <sighs> Crack the top. What's in there? couple of ancient letters from times long gone time immemorial Mm -hmm. speaks to us that's right our listeners jay and mickey sent in a cat well a picture of a cat properly named why do you insist on differentiating (laughs) between sending in a cat and sending in a picture of a cat everyone knows they didn't mail a cat to us baby people need to know that i know (laughs) they didn't mail it they know that Nobody thinks that a cat was delivered let me try, let me try it to again. our apartment. Let, let me try it again. Let me try it again. Let me try it again. <laughs> Listeners, Jay and Mickey sent in a cat named Belinda to curse. Quote, her biggest crime is being the fluffiest, softest little baby and yet refusing to let anyone pet her for more than two seconds. <sighs> She's also prone to scratching up everything in the house and trying to surprise slash kill you by running under your feet as you walk in the dark. <sighs> These are familiar cat attributes or cat attributes oh, to nice. me. Nice. Mm-hmm. I used to have a cat when I was young who would, uh, it was a top-notch cat named Uno, who would, I met as, Uno. as far as I could tell, spend about 12 hours of his day, anytime it was dark, hanging out <laughs> in dark hallways waiting for you to walk past to get a glass of water and attack you. And, and they would jump at your ankles. And try to destroy your heart. Yes. By... By leaping via out of your the ankles, mm-hmm. I I uh, I knew this cat. He died uh, untimely, mm-hmm. young, but I knew him for a few years, and he did grab my ankle a lot, and it scared me. Nevertheless, high quality cat. So to Belinda, I say, I know this is kind of like contrary to what I was saying about a high quality <laughs> cat. To Belinda, I say, those who sin are to be rebuked publicly, so that the others may take warning. That's a warning to all you cats out there. <laughs> all you cats and kittens out in Radioland. Uh, listener Thomas wrote in with some suggestions for season three. He also said that he liked that we went into the beliefs of different early Christians like the Proto-Orthodox and Clement or the Gnostics and Gospel of Thomas. Yeah, he would because his name is Thomas. It's his gospel. Mm-hmm. No wonder he likes it. Mm-hmm. He also sent us a picture of a dog he found online. Mm-hmm. So... Here's a blessing for the unknown soldier. <laughs> this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Good job, random dog from online. You're very cute. <laughs> it was some sort of... Uh, uh, border Collie or Shepherd mix. We don't need to go into it. Nobody <laughs> has seen the photo except you and me. And Thomas. That will do it for Sunday School Dropouts tonight. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Sun School Drop. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill spelled with an A like Shaquille spells it. And guess what, everybody? Guess what? The goal has been Guess met. what? And that means... Guess what? We got enough iTunes reviews that I had to join Twitter. Here's the hundredth one. I'm going to read it for you right now. It's actually from the same listener, Thomas. He gave us 87 out of 87 
secondhand idol meets. He said, surprisingly informative look at the Bible, lots of interesting history, etymology, and notes pulling apart this Bible thing and how it came to be. Highly recommended to any ex-Christian or anyone interested in the Bible that dominates so much of our culture. P.S. Get Nico on Twitter. You did it. He did it. You did it. You did it. And that means you can follow me on Twitter at Nico Bakulich. N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H on Twitter. On Twitter. We also had a few more iTunes reviews from such as Stu Can't Swim, who gave us 13 out of 13 messianic twin pranks and said, when I look back on my life and see one set of footprints, this podcast was carrying me. Stephen Not or Nanti, who said, Nico needs to join the suffering website Twitter.com. <laughs> That's right. I'm coming for you, Twitter.com. I'm going to revitalize you using my fresh supply of memes. He also mentioned Lauren's growing frustration with the retelling of the Babylonian exile story in the latter books of the Old Testament. And he rated us 10 out of 10 heists of Religion Mountain, Utah. We also want to thank Raven Wings 17 for describing us as ridiculous and somehow educational. It's true. And they gave us five out of five bloody priest's garments. Mm-hmm. That's simply Spot fair. on. Anyway, if you want to be like all of those delicious and lovely people, you can do so by tossing us a little rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And guess what? It helps other people find the show because of mysterious algorithms. (laughs) Yep. Um, We don't have something... All our our bullying inclined... (laughs) What are you talking about? Our bullying inclined fans don't have a motivation anymore now that you're on Twitter, but just do it to to bully random people into listening to the show because it'll show up on their iTunes or some shit. I don't know. And now you know the facts. The facts. The facsimile. Our logo and art are by Elise Carlton. We always thank her because it's still the best part of the show. I would like to thank Nico for his music, sound engineering, and editing skills. And you can find all of the music from the show at soundcloud.com slash Nico Or Nico we already spelled it. We don't need to spell it again. That's true. Do we have to spell it out for you? Maybe. Because it's a weird name that no one else has. Only one other person on the planet has that name. That's right. And when um, they messaged me on Facebook to say hello, they had already given the kid the name. So I never got like first refusal right. Um, well, I have a million Lauren O'Neills, and one of them had unsavory opinions about Starbucks. So there's nothing I could do to control that. Now everybody thinks that Lauren and Neils are weird about Starbucks. Anyway, this has been Weird Facts with Nico and, and Lauren. And are dying out. <laughs> we'll see about that. I have plans. <laughs> I hope they don't involve me because I'm not having any kids. Nope. I'm laying some spores right now. Okay, <laughs> oh, great. Uh, I'll be blooming in 29 of your Earth years. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for listening to our dumb old podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we'll see you on Sunday. Hello. Goodbye.